Hi, this is Sabrina Fulton, the mother of Trayvon Martin, and you're listening to KU Radio. This is Joey Diaz, and you're listening to All You Radio. You're beautiful, baby. Thank you for your time, guys. I love you guys. Friends, Romans, countrymen, lend me your ear and listen to OU Radio. Live every Tuesday night from 6 to 9 p.m. or catch it after on demand at KUradio.org. And it hurts so good. Another episode of Old Ute Radio. In studio with me is the great Keith McDonald. How are you, good sir? I'm I'm very flattered. Uh, thank you for having me. From recruit to co-host. I know it's a it's a year long journey. About a year uh, ago this this month maybe no July a year ago July when I first started with Old Ute Radio and you and uh, Johnny McKeon on this very station. Yes, Johnny McKeon's our executive producer and talent booker these days. He is. I see him on the interwebs, active and in, in, in promoting our, our guest in our show this evening. Oh, he's been bringing us a plethora of guests and very talented peoples. Today, we have a very serious interview, a very captivating interview. Yes, yes. We have the parents of Cooper Van Heusen coming in studio in the very short time period. Cooper's a 16-year-old boy fighting a 1-15 to year prison sentence. He's in prison right now. So his mother and father are going to come in and uh, explain to us what happened. I think what's most important right now is because they'll be here shortly, is that we read an article so that we can catch our audience who knows nothing about this. So from the Tribune, written by Jessica Miller... Uh, Here's the header. Utah boy, 16, fighting 1 to 15 year prison sentence. The slender 16-year-old is kept alone in a maximum security cell at the Utah State Prison. It's small and cold, he said. A camera consistently films him. He has gone a week without a shower, quickly learned to keep his window flap closed so he would not hear mentally ill inmates talking to themselves, which upsets him. How did South Ogden teen Cooper Van Heusen end up in Uinta 1 facility? the same unit that houses death row inmates, gang members, and other high-profile offenders. On May 7th, he stood before Ogden's 2nd District Judge Ernie Jones to be sentenced after pleading guilty to two second-degree felony robbery charges. The teen and his parents thought a plea deal would shield the boy, who has no prior criminal history, from a potential 1-15 to year prison sentence. But on that day, Jones told the teen that the 180 days in jail recommended by attorneys and adult probation and parole was too soft for his crimes and sent the boy straight to prison. No, please, no, please, the teen cried as Bayless handcuffed him and led him from the courtroom while family members saw him. Now Van Heusen and his parents are fighting the sentence saying they did not receive solid legal advice from the boy's defense attorney. A new defense attorney has asked Jones to reconsider the sentence and allow the teen to withdraw his guilty plea. The crime. On November 19th, a group of teenage boys, the youngest of whom was Van Heusen, entered a Roy home and held two people at gunpoint. According to one victim's statement to police, one teen pointed a gun at his face and demanded money, cell phones, and his stash of marijuana. After the victim was ordered to lie on the floor on his belly, I thought I was going to get shot in the back of the head, he told police. 
Van Heusen admits he brought two of his father's unloaded guns to the robbery, but attorney Elizabeth Hunt contends in court findings that he was not the one who pointed a gun at the victims. Jones said that during Van Heusen's sentencing that there was evidence the teens were planning six similar robberies, but Hunt argues that there's no evidence implicating her client in that planning. As I look back on what I did, I recognize that I was reckless in trying to fit in with and, new, and please, new people I did not really know, Van Heusen wrote in, court, in a court declaration filed Tuesday. My judgment was impaired by my use of marijuana. And so you can go all over the media in Salt Lake City and watch uh, interviews done on camera or print by Deseret and Tribune. I know ABC met with the father. I know KSL met with the father. They're, they're on YouTube or on the various stations. But I think this is a very important case. Uh, a lot of young kids rob people. It's, it's a theme that happens, and I'm not sure where that comes from. But we're going to get into a conversation with the parents. But we're going to go to break right now. We're going to play some commercials, and then we'll pl- probably play two or three songs. And by the time we get back, we'll have the Van Heusens in, learn about uh, what exactly is going on with this Cooper case. So we appreciate your kindness. And thank you very much again, Keith McDonald, for joining us. I certainly appreciate you. I've got one. I've got one. Yeah, I've got one. My one reason for donating plasma? To make sure that patients like my son have long, healthy lives. My reason? To help my family. It's something I can do to show I care about my community. There are millions of reasons to donate plasma. You only need one. Donate today by visiting Biomat, Plasma Care, or Talacris Plasma Resources, one of our Griffles companies. New donors can earn up to $360 this month, 630 West North Temple and 38 East 800 South, Salt Lake City. Becca, I met the most beautiful girl in the world today on campus. I so want to ask her out, but I'm flat broke. Can you loan me some money, please? Sasha, I could. But I'd rather see you mature and grow up. Save your money so that when you need it, you have it. Who's going to help me achieve that goal? The Personal Money Management Center at the University of Utah. At the Personal Money Management Center, they'll show you how to create a personalized budget, help you plan tuition and student loan payments, and even evaluate potential job offers. It's so tough being responsible. I think I'll give Personal Money Management Center a call. What's their number? 801-585-7379. If that's too hard, you can even check out their website at personal-money-management.utah.edu for more details. Financial freedom and a hot date are only a click away. Your summer just got a whole lot better. Old Ute Radio is now streaming live two nights a week on KUteRadio.org. Listen every Tuesday and Thursday night from 6 to 9 p.m. or catch the podcast on demand. Yes! And welcome back to Old Ute Radio. This is Sasha Bloom. With me in studio is my co-host Keith McDonald. Yes, yes. And we have the great privilege to have Mindy and Mark Van Heusen. Welcome to the U. Welcome to OU Radio. Thank you so much for the opportunity to yeah, come here you. today. Yes, I'm, I'm very saddened by what your family is going through. It's an unfortunate situation. Your son, Cooper, right now is in prison, correct? Yes, he is a, a Utah State prisoner, but he has now been transferred to the Daggett County Jail up near Manila, Utah. Is that a better place for him? It is absolutely a better place for him. Unfortunately, he is still 16 years old, and unfortunately, um, he is young. He is uh, small in stature. Things can happen while you're in jail, and unfortunately, I hope that uh, my son is protected to a point where he's not victimized whatsoever. So let's start with what happened with him. He and two co-defendants broke into a house. Actually, uh, there was uh, five five, uh, five boys all uh, altogether. The oldest one was 19 years old, uh, two 18 years old, eight, 18-year-olds, and a 17 and a 16. Um, the way the day played out, they had... Uh, Three of them had planned to go shooting guns in Morgan. Uh, Target shooting, can shooting, whatever. Um, But at that point, there was uh, 
something had happened to where they had gone and picked up another gentleman, the 19-year-old by the name of Wesley Brown. Um, they, Wesley Brown had wanted to buy some marijuana, and he had uh, lived with a young man by the name of Christian, Christian Davis. Christian Davis that uh, was a pot dealer out in, in Roy, Utah. Wesley Brown wanted to buy some marijuana, and uh, four of the boys entered the home, entered the home which was uh, Wesley Brown, Dexter Skinner. Dexter Skinner. With permission or without yeah. permission? With, with permission, if you, if you had the chance to read the discovery that was brought in, brought uh, all the detectives compiled. It was a consensual, it was a consensual entry. No, I, I'm just making sure I want to have exact fact here. And yes. Sometimes when you read journalism, you don't well, know if, what if, the fact um, is. Exactly. You, exactly. you see the, uh, if you had the ability to read the discovery, you would see that the, the victim statements, and there was two of them, mm -hmm. in the home, and uh, uh, their initial statements to police and also the statements from the defendants was that it was a consensual entry. They actually were downstairs in the home for nearly 20 minutes before a gun was ever... Banished. Banished and, and banished, and I, I mean that uh, the victim had noticed it and wanted to have a look at it, and it was presented to him as, like, look at it. Uh -huh. And at that point, the uh, victim, Christian Davis, uh, asked if he may touch it, and uh, Dexter Skinner told him no and uh, gave him some, some excuse as to why he could not see it, and at that point, Dexter Skinner pulled the gun on him. And this gun is unloaded, correct? Yes, it's unloaded. Didn't even have a firing pin. One didn't have a firing pin, and the other one was like a track starter pistol. Or that, that big. Originally, the media had reported that the guns were stolen. It's turned out that they were taken from you personally, Mark. They correct? were taken from my home, yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, they were in a gun cabinet. And uh, yes, that they were removed from my home. There, there was a third gun involved here, too, that, that one of the other co-defendants brought as well that somehow got shuffled under the yes under uh, the rug and and um didn't didn't come out in the open a lot of, about that but there was a third gun involved in this and it was at the the house where the robbery took place so according to media outlets the boys were arrested um and charged with robbery because there was a wallet taken there was like a cell phone taken and a small amount of marijuana. Yeah. There is a story behind that okay. uh, that cell phone. You want to? Yeah, the day before the robbery, I was reading through the discovery, and I read that a uh, unknown person um, contacted the Roy Police Department the day before the actual robbery took place, and turned in a cell phone that belonged to Christian Davidson, or Davis, the one that was claiming that the phone was ta taken from his house on the day of the occurrence. Um, Roy Police Department had that phone in their custody and they knew this and yet in the discovery it claimed that oh the kids may have dropped it off on their route out of there well how could they have dropped it off on their route out of there when they had possession of it the day before hmm. so there's there, there's a lot of inconsistencies between what was written in the in the discovery which uh, that details all of the information from the uh, uh, defendants and also from the two victims that were involved. Um, there is a lot of in, in, impropriety there. There's so so many things that are just a lot of right. inconsistencies. Yeah. There, there, from their first written statement to the intake statement to the um, detective statement, there they all, none of them were consistent. So this this brings up a question that um, that I had when reading through the the things I worked. Um, Formerly at Decker Lake Youth Center, uh -huh. um, I saw a lot of different cases, of course, you know, dealing with minors that I can't discuss, but in my estimation that were of the same caliber and the individuals were given a chance to go to a detention center or go to Decker Lake Youth Center or go to some sort of programming in Cottonwood or things of that nature instead of going to an actual prison. Oh, yeah. Why do you why do you think that this case was treated as such? And and, um, you know, how do you think that? we can come to a place where there's consistency with these uh, cases? Well, well, to begin with, we had hired an attorney. We were, we were advised to do that right from the beginning. Um, we didn't know a lot about the case. They weren't 
giving us any information. They weren't giving us a copy of the discovery. Um, so we were just kind of going off what they said. So we hired an attorney. Um, out of nine, nine hearings, this guy showed up to two of them. He was late for both of them, like extremely late. He didn't read the discovery. He was unprepared. He was unaware of the case and unaware of the facts. Um, so when they decided to either keep him in the juvenile court or bind him over to the adult court, our attorney was unprepared. Cooper didn't have proper legal defense at that point. And um, they went ahead and bound it over and certified him as an adult. So at that point, that made any of those options to go to any of those juvenile detentions um, obsolete for him. So his, his exact age was 16 years old or how, how far? 16 it, years and four months. 16 years and four months in a state uh, penitentiary, in a state prison? Or yes, was it? yes. With no record, no with, prior with, record. With, with zero prior record records <laughs> whatsoever. And now my boy, he carries around a... Utah State Prison identification card with his photo on it and his prison number. Unfortunately, that uh, that's just one of the most terrible things a parent could ever see for their for their young 16-year-old kid. So, was were they arrested on the scene, or did they come to your house? They actually came to my home. Yes. Yes. So, uh, I imagine have being parents. I'm a parent. What did that feel like? That's horrible. Uh, just well, my heart sunk when the when the two, two detectives came into my home and explained to me what my son had been involved in, and you know that that's a 16 year old boy. That's the first time I, a policeman's ever came and talked to me about about Cooper. I mean, we've never had any problems with Cooper whatsoever in any fashion. And so it 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 really my heart dropped, and and uh, at that point I called Cooper's mom, let her know what was going on, and at the same time I tried to keep track of what the detectives were doing and and what they were discussing with my son because he is a juvenile. Um, he doesn't have any representation by an attorney at that time. Uh, myself, myself, myself being, a, being the adult and I should have uh, been able to be there while they were questioning my son and I wasn't allowed to do that. Neither of us were. No. So in the time that you've talked to him, have you been, I mean, that he's been in jail, have you been able to talk, communicate with him much? Yes. Um, he does call his mom uh, quite frequently. Myself, he does uh, as, as well. I did have the, for, I was fortunate enough to, to travel to Manila, Utah last Saturday and see him. And, and I do plan to go again this weekend. So this is going to be a, a trip that I make uh, quite frequently. We both make, yeah. How long is it from your home to go see him? 385 miles round trip. Yeah, 385 miles. So on, a, <laughs> on a Harley and a downpour, it's really not much fun. I say, I say that to say this. Um, in your communications and in, in, in your efforts to keep contact with your son, what changes have you seen in him since he's been there? I've, I've, I've seen a, a depression in him. His smile is gone. His, his energy is gone. He's detached, emotionally detached. Yes, he's, uh, you know, and... Every time I see him at the end of the conversation, Dad, I want to come home. Well, I, that just breaks your heart as a parent. He tells me I, I really screwed up, Mom. I, I screwed my whole life up, and I don't know what to do. And he feels he's going to be there forever and feels a lot of unfairness as well in, in how everything played out, you know. And the unfairness comes from two of his co-defendants. Uh, Joshua Dutson was sentenced to 210 days on the safe same plea agreement as your son exactly that is correct uh, the the only adult well there's two 18 year olds but the 19 year old uh tomek perkins pled guilty to a second degree felony count of attempted robbery and burglary he got 180 days in jail your son got a one to 15 years in prison with the judge ernie jones saying he believed the terms recommended by prosecutors and probation and the probation board were too soft Yes. Is this because he had taken your guns? Is that is that what the judge's sticking point with sending him to prison? That was what the prosecution led towards right towards the end. Their last comment was that Cooper provided the guns, therefore he played a higher culpability rate. Um, when in fact, Tomek Perkins was the other one that provided the other gun, and he also provided the getaway car. So if anything, that should have put him at a higher culpability rate or as an equal with Cooper. But and the intent for having the guns was to go shooting. Was, was to go shooting, yes. So it wasn't a premeditated burglary, but then there is also rumor that this group of boys 
who they found no part in your son had planned six similar style. That is correct. What we found out was they all had premeditated this through their text phone messages, except for Cooper's. Everything they found in Cooper's excluded him from that. So they might have been taking advantage of his youthfulness, right? Probably and his so. ability to get a gun. Yes. What a that's that's uh, how I see the how I see the case. Yes. I mean, I, I think he felt bullied. I f- think he felt peer pressure. I think. I know he didn't want to be there. Even in the discovery, it said it looked like the white boy did not want to be there. I've uh, one of the victims. I've been there, not so much in terms of uh, uh, robberies and stuff, but I remember being 15 years old and hanging out with older kids and getting mischievous. Um, it's a bad break for him. It sure is. What is the outcome? Well, at, at least at this point, we have uh, uh, numerous motions have been placed before the judge. Uh, we hope that we can get this taken back to juvenile court because we were told that we could not appeal the bind-over order that sent, sent our kid up to, uh, to the adult court when, in fact, we could have. Uh, that's uh, unfortunate. Was that your lawyer that told uh, you? Yeah, that's uh, our first attorney told us that we could not appeal it. Um, <clears throat> and he said, "Well, he'll be better in the in the adult court anyway. We can we can bargain with him." Wow, the disparity between quality lawyers oh, yeah. and well. <laughs> dime store lawyers is 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 stark. In the cases that I've seen uh, this year, I think uh, good representation could be uh, a factor in getting criminals off and having good people go to jail it, it can go both ways it yes. can go, bo- it can right. go both ways and it can it's bankrupt you too well it's, and, it's it's really tragic this 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 first attorney that we did hire he's a, a gentleman from uh draper uh as mindy just told you there was there was uh eight detention hearings at the at the weber valley detention uh, center and every week there is a video link with the judge and we have a detention hearing out of eight of them that attorney showed up to one and that's after he'd been retained uh, he did uh, uh, attend the uh, the, ju- the hearing in juvenile court. Um, Twenty minutes late. Twenty five. Twenty five. Judge Michelle Heward is upset and mad. Sitting at her bench, waiting. Waiting for him. Um, and, and during that hearing, this this man. Let me ask you a question here. Did the judge or the prosecuting attorneys? Did they come up to you personally and say maybe you need a better legal representation? Absolutely no, not. They no. wouldn't talk to us at all. They wouldn't speak to us whatsoever. That seems weird to well, me it, it, in this country. It, it does get better. Okay. Uh, well, I don't know. Yeah, well, I hear the sarcasm. But, um, you know, unfortunately, uh, we had a, a victim that stood on the stand. and uh, He's a heroin w- addict. Well, we, we, we know what was written in the, the, the statements that he made to police. And while on the stand, he, his story changed completely. Now it's a home invasion. Um, these kids are banging on the back Uh, back window banishing a gun gun, they didn't know who they were and this man opens the door when somebody's pointing a gun through the glass at him I just the only thing I could think was really you're saying this in front of this judge under oath but our attorney did not question him whatsoever in fact this this attorney didn't uh, say much at all during this hearing with the exception of uh, placing Cooper's mom and I on the stand and allowing us the to to stand up and say what a good good credible uh, witness credible you know what a good kid we our, our son is and that's pretty much all the representation we had in the juvenile court at that time my son was bound over and his first very first adult hearing at uh, I can't remember the exact date January 8th I believe I get a text message from this attorney the night uh, uh, on a Sunday evening. Uh, the hearing is on Monday. This attorney uh, sends me a text message and asks me if by chance Cooper's bail bondsman had let me know when this first hearing was in the adult court. I sent him the text message back, well, Rex, it's it's tomorrow morning. And uh, unfortunately, he was uh, in, I believe, Sacramento. California. Yeah, un- unable to attend the hearing. Um, he called in. He didn't. He didn't show up for my son's first adult hearing. So, I think it went downhill from about the time that we we had hired uh, this man. And there, there were things that should have been argued in the juvenile court that the prosecution stated, and Rex failed to do that. That was Cooper's attorney. He failed to like what? 
um, like uh, questioning on on the lineup um, or the one of the victims claimed he pointed at Josh first being the white kid um, that held a gun and then he said the white kid didn't hold a gun I mean then he said Cooper was Josh and it, he was very confused um, his story didn't add up he didn't know what kind of revolvers they were he, I mean there was that also that they wouldn't they didn't let him in the house voluntarily because he did um, he, all those yeah. things should have been plain factors of question from our attorney um, yeah. to defend Cooper and none of that was ever done um, therefore it raised the bar for the the prosecution to just run with the money there so he never got an owner cognizance he never got to get bailed out during this court Sentence. Not not during the uh, during during the juvenile uh, uh, time, he actually spent uh, two months in uh, the Weber Valley Detention Facility. Uh, then he attended his juvenile hearing at the, and at the time of the bind over uh, in juvenile court. Once they bound him over, they took him directly issued a warrant for his arrest. Uh, took him immediately to the uh, Weber County Jail, and at that point, I I got a bondsman involved and got him out. And a bound over for people that I don't know is a transferring from one division of a court Certifying to Certifying them from a, a juvenile to an adult. So there's no trial, there's no conversations with the judge about should this boy, there's no psychologist to come in, there's no expert police no. department representative they, they that comes had in. The defect, the, the, they had the detectives there and they had both Josh Dutson and Cooper, they were tried at the same time. That's how they wanted it. The prosecution wanted it like that the whole time. And and so you assume that because <coughs> you signed the same plea deal with this other defendant, co-defendant, I don't understand how you guys link up to an agreement with the prosecution and then it completely goes south on Cooper. With the... With the uh, because he didn't use any expletives towards the judge. There was no Absolutely. profanity in his letters. There was no drug use or fighting while he was in detention centers. No, Absolutely he was very not. excellent there at all times. Um, Absolutely not. What, what we kind of came to the conclusion of was we were all in awe, too, as our, our attorney, Roy Cole, got up and he said, this is what we're doing. We're 185 days. This is what this pre-sentence um, report from APMP was. Then... The prosecution got up and said Cooper played a higher culpability because he provided the guns and that he, was he felt he was involved in the six. In oh, the planning the, there were the six, six other, other plannings of, of robberies uh, that Cooper was involved in. There was no proof of that ever. There was no charges on that ever. No evidence. Whatsoever. No evidence whatsoever. Was that, that evidence used in the case against no, him? Not at all. No, it. There was well, no evidence. There was no evidence uh, as to Cooper being. Uh, part of the planning of the six other robberies. Uh, there's, uh, our attorney knows the exact words for this, but there is nothing to implicate Cooper in the, in the planning of the six others. Uh, and that was one of the stand-up phrases that the prosecution used was uh, that this young boy had planned with his co-defendants to commit six other robberies, which, I mean, that's... Uh, I don't feel that's right. And I, he I, threw that in right at the last, too. Very I mean, last second. Uh, before the judge made his ruling, and he went off of his deal, bargaining deal that, that Cooper signed to offer a plea of guilty. He, he went off that completely and went off in a whole other direction. Yeah, he was um, did not stay within his guidelines of that, which made that an illegal form. You know, I mean, that was an illegal plea that Cooper entered because... He didn't stick to that, and and our attorney did not stand up for Cooper. He did not defend him. He did not say, "This is what we were offered." Uh, he's going way off the chart. We were told there would be no man, or they would waive the mandatory prison time. We were told that multiple times if Cooper pled to the two reduced charges mm -hmm. of second degree felony, and they would also throw in a 402 step reduction. Um, which is never offered with prison time. So what a 402 reduction is, is once Cooper completed uh, his j you know, jail time probation. You can expunge it. compliance. Well, you can, you can request to have it reduced to a Class A misdemeanor yes, yes. instead would, of a felony. It, it would have been reduced from there, a from And a then it gets right. expunged down the road so that yes. Cooper, as a 33-year-old <clears throat> man, 
can get a job right. and he buy a, a house. Right, he would be a felon. He would be listed as a Class A misdemeanor. Yeah. They do not offer a Step 402 reduction ever with prison time even in the works. So right there, that kind of is a conflict of interest as to why that was in his plea agreement um, to plead guilty to the two second degrees. They drop one with the 402 reduction and the 185 days in jail with probation of three years. And so this agreement with the prosecuting team was designed <coughs> so that they didn't have to go to trial against that Cooper and his lawyer. That's yes. Correct. And the judge then intervened and said, no, I don't like what the prosecution and your defense attorney agreed to. I'm giving him prison time. But there was never a chance then to go to trial, right? No. I, <coughs> at, at that point, <coughs> excuse me, sure. once, once, uh, once, one, once, once that, that uh, judge uh, laid down his sentence, he should have looked at my son and said, now would you like to withdraw your plea? Which never occurred. Well, the judge wasn't really made aware by either parties of the prosecution or the defense that there was a 402 reduction in place or what we had agreed upon. Um, it was really not highly disclosed and, and the prosecution failed to stick to their guidelines on that and he was requesting that a harder sentence be issued to Cooper even after that was what was in agreeance. Why? We don't know why, but that's a mystery to us too. We, and why the defense attorney did not stand up for Cooper and argue that right then and there and say, hey judge, this is what this is what the deal was, this is what the arrangements were, this is what they've offered. If he would even have made mention of the 402 <coughs> step reduction, that judge would have known there is no prison time issued with that. He didn't say anything about that they would waive the mandatory prison time because those charges do hold prison time. Do you believe that there's misjustice in this case? Absolutely. Yes, I do too. I do for the simple fact that, uh, you know, in, in our world, uh, uh, Men make, an ag men make agreements between one another, and as far as I'm concerned, a handshake means everything. In fact, there was no handshake here, but there was, there was an agreement made. Um, there was an agreement made between my son and uh, this prosecutor, Brody Flint. Uh, an agreement was signed, uh, agreed upon by men. Well, yes. by a prosecutor, prosecutor and, and a young and a boy, I should attorney. say, but yep. I was the one that was there <clears throat> while my son was signing this uh, this plea agreement and I read it over and I saw that they offered the the, the 402 the two-step reduction from the, the second-degree felonies to a class a misdemeanor upon completion of probation which successful uh, probation which I hands down Cooper wouldn't have had a problem no uh, recurrences. no recurrences whatsoever so we wouldn't have had a problem with this so I pulled my son aside and I said, son, this, uh, this is a pretty good offer they're giving you for the simple fact that you complete probation. Um, You're not a felon. Uh, the uh, uh, pre-sentence report, uh, the lady at pr adult probation and parole said, Cooper, if, you're, if you stick to the game and you fulfill your probation, you could be off in as, as little as a year and a half. And at that time we can uh, file for the, 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 the two-step reduction motion. And uh, we'll, re you know, we can we can remove those those felonies. That was exactly what I had hoped to have for him. That's what we agreed to. The, the that 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 gives that boy the opportunity at 20, 21, 25, whatever it might be, that he can he can start his life and he have can a he, life. he can go to college. He can have a job. He can rent an apartment. Go to college. That's but what he wanted to at, do. At this point, that's that's all up in the clouds. That's, What's that's your What's your thinking on this all getting rectified sometime in the future? Do you have any faith in the system, I, the court system? That well, I, I, I have faith in our attorney because she is very smart. and she's she, new, Your new attorney. New yeah, attorney. This, this, this is our third this attorney. Is our, no. This is our third one. She was, she was an angel that came down I, to, to, to help this boy out because he completely deserves it. Um, she is she, a voice for many that can't speak, that's yes, for sure. Yes, that's what she is. But she's one that knows the law, goes through the law with a fine-tooth comb, goes through knows the discovery. What the goes through the discovery, she knows what the law is, and she knows proper rules for conduct. Uh, there, there's so many things that are involved in this case that should have been brought up, that should have been handled. It would have never have went this far. 
So I, I have a question just from being a parent, being a teen who is constantly in trouble. Like, I'm lucky that I got the opportunities to become successful in life because there are certainly times in my life where I had completely misbehaved. You obviously, when you find out your son is arrested, you have anger, sadness, grief. Do you believe that he deserves to be punished for what happened on that day? Absolutely. Yes. We're not asking for it. No, what what we would like is uh, for him to be punished amongst his peers. He should not be incarcerated with... And the precedent in this in this case is is 210 days is the maximum that outside of your son someone got. Yeah, that's yes. that was in the matrix of, of yeah, that's what he should yes. that's what he should have got. Well, the recommendations between adult probation and parole for the pre-sentence report, and also the Weaver County Prosecutor's Office, was 180 days in jail, uh, three years probation, and the four the the, the two-step program to reduce it to misdemeanors upon completion of probation. With no um, reoffenses. With no reoffenses, um, I was fine with that just because my son could he could start his life again and not being a felon can you imagine life starting off life at 16, 16 years old when you should be going to senior proms and to homecoming dances and playing on the football team now you're a felon with a prison number across your back and it's not just that it's the atmosphere of human beings that he's being influenced by hardened gangbangers murderers rapists death uh, row inmates and then you take him from that environment where he was around mischievous crooks and then put him around the professional the worst of the worst so i i just don't get how that's supposed to make it any better by it's putting not, them around an well, even worse environment yep. instead of giving a child, well, you know, the a, a child therapy, you know? Yeah, statistics are that 95% of the time they will um, keep a child in the juvenile system just because, just because of that. Uh, what it does to them, what it does, I mean, their frontal lobe is not developed when they're at that age to rationalize and thinking and decisions like, like so, peer so pressure. And as a mom, as a mom, uh, I, we, we're all mama's boys in here. I love my mom like no other. But objectively, a, as a mother, what do you think he, he deserved as a, as a punishment for what he did? Well, I, I felt that he, he, I was very upset. I told Cooper, I said, do you know what you've just done to your entire life? You know, and I said, you be honest with them. You tell them everything. And I, I, I said, Cooper, you just, you just, do you realize what you've done? And, and. I feel my son needs to be punished. I, I do not want him to ever go unpunished, but I feel that he has been punished the worst of the worst, um, being confined to a, a cell 24 hours a day, he didn't get a shower for seven days, um, being on death row with mentally insane people screaming all night long. That's what my son got to hear for the first, you know, two weeks and um, with no contact with anybody. You know, he had no clue what was going on. So if you were the if you were the judge, what would you have sentenced him to? Well, if I was the judge, I would have reviewed the file. I would have reviewed all the character witness letters that we sent, had everybody send in for Cooper, like we were asked to do through APMP. Um, I would have got to know Cooper. I would have not just jumped to conclusions. I would have I would have clearly read the agreement between the prosecution and the defense, and <clears throat> made it perfectly clear to Cooper. This is where we're at. This is what's been offered. This is what could happen. Um, do you understand all this? Because he didn't understand that. When they even asked him that, if he understood what he was pleading to, what the, what the outcome could be. And uh, I don't think people understand the magnitude of the decisions you have to make in a, in six, a few minutes. At 16 yeah, years old. In a, in a, like in a choke few it, minutes, you know? Yeah, in a few minutes, and you have to make these decisions that are going to weigh on you so har- so harshly. People think, what, like, well, why didn't you do this or why didn't you do that? Sometimes people are misinformed and they're rushed, they're stressed, yeah, they're they in are. court, they, they have the weight of the courtroom and the judge and the, the lawyers in front of them, and it's, it's, it's very heavy. I mean, I, I've 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 been in a courtroom situation before. Nothing of this magnitude. I've had family that have been in court situations of this magnitude. I definitely understand where you guys are coming from, but um, personally, I was taught to uh, take a lesson in every every hardship that I was given. So as a, as a as a parent and speaking to other other young men and women that might be in the same uh, 
situation as Cooper, what advice would you give them so they that, that we can avoid situations like this? Think, don't throw your life away. Do not get yeah. involved with kids that are out of control or that are involved in drugs or or wanting to be gangbangers or wearing the saggy pants. I, stay in school, get an education, do yourself a favor. Um, Grow up. <laughs> You know, that life is your life could be taken from you immediately without just over the well, r- most ridiculous well, involvement it, of anything, apparently. It, but it, well, it, especially for those of us in the in the proletariat that can't afford uh, the Johnny Cochran's and the and the high powered lawyers of the world. I just saw a case from uh, the Dupont family where a judge said that uh, a, a grown man, fifty, he had to be in his fifties, was not would not fare well in prison, so they did not send him to prison. So, um, I, if we have those, but he has Dupont money, so I mean, it's it's money it's, talks, I suppose, well, especially in our court system. Well, Let's talk about money real quick, because we have to go to break here in just a second. But if you go to Facebook, you type in Cooper Van Heusen. There's places where people can donate for support Cooper Van Heusen yeah it, it, it is to help with we, we've got a very very good attorney that's working on this case and she's she's spending multi, multi, multitudes of hours multitudes. and where, where I sit is I have already paid the retainer for two attorneys um, we both have pretty well we have yes and it pretty well wiped us out paying to get him and, out of jail and, for, him out and of fortu- jail. fortunately I got a phone call from Liz a couple of weeks back that she said, uh, my name is Liz Hunt. Um, I have just received a donation of $5,000 to, uh, to uh, take care of the, the, the case for your son. Represent him. Uh, to represent him. Um, I've received this donation, and uh, I'm going to represent him whether you like it or not. And really, I kind of was hesitant at first, and, and so was Cooper's mom. Because we had already had two attorneys that promised us the moon and 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 gave us the dirt. I, I told her if she was an ambulance chaser, she needed to call another number because <laughs> I was not forking out another we, dime. We, I didn't have any more dimes so, to give. So do you think they were, some of these attorneys were attaching themselves to you for the publicity uh, part of it? Well, I told her that if you're trying I, to make a name for yourself, this is a good well, case for you. But if you want to do a favor for a little boy that needs the help, this is the case, and she's, that's what she said. I'm, yeah. I'm going to take this case whether you like it or not, whether whether you pay me another dime or not. But she's doing so much work, and appeals are $10,000 $10, to a file and motions. and I mean, she's really invested a lot of time, and, and it is very costly for her, yeah. I'm sure. We've, we've been fortunate, actually very blessed that she came along. Um, she does have our son in her heart, and that's the part that impresses me the most about her. I wish that the last two attorneys would have would have done that. Oh my heck, I wish they would even read the discovery to, to really see what this case was all about. There were so many holes and inconsistencies in it, but out of all the, uh, the other attorneys, this is the one that deserves the money. She deserves every dime that that yeah. woman earns. Well, I mean, well, she, she is a hardworking, devoted woman, and, she, she, and I feel guilt not being able to she, provide she, her what she, she, she deserves. Des- she deserves what we paid the other two attorneys on and top of what some. she's already wanting. Yep. So we, we went over uh, the, the best case scenario. Say that, say that um, he's facing one to 15 years, correct? Yes. It was two yes. consecutive one to 15 years. Well, they're, 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 yeah, they're they don't run concurrently. Not, no. not non-concurrent. They're, they are they're, concurrent. They are they're, concurrent. They're, he'll, he he basically has to do a minimum of a year in the state in the state penal system. A year to eighteen months. A year but, eighteen months minimum with good behavior and all of that. that yes, so. his his uh, first appearance, but before the uh, uh, parole board, the parole board was uh, November, November of two thousand fifteen, and due due to a special circumstance, a special request, circumstance, uh, they moved it up to, to November of two thousand fourteen. His attorney Liz, Liz submitted. So I want to attempt to humanize him as a as a because I, I, from what I've read I don't have the the information that you of course or your, as parents have. What does he like as a person? What does he do? What does he do? What is he interested in? Cooper and plays nine musical uh, instruments um, from the saxophone to the keyboard to the electric guitar, acoustical guitar, the French horn. He's very, very into music. He's inclined. He's he's very he's, fun loving. He loves ATVs, motorcycling, he's golfing. A, he's a motorhead. He likes to tinker yeah. with cars he, with his dad. He works on vehicles. He's very intelligent yeah, he's with very, that. Very smart that way. He loves welding. Well, he, uh, 
Well, my grandfather was a mechanic. I could tell by your hands you you've been in the engine before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, this this kid started off. I don't know if he was even two years old, crawl, crawling under a car with me, and I thought, oh, I better get uh, this boy out from under this car before his mom kills me. But you know what? I I let it go and I let it happen, and he's really pretty good yeah well, I, I could call him on the phone and, and he'd diagnose something if i could say this was happening he'd yeah, tell me exactly what it was you know well not to to um take light the, the magnitude of what's happening but i've also no. had people that have gotten caught up in the system my dear brother mm -hmm. um at 19 years old and everything like that and there's i i just want if he ever gets to hear this or his family's listening or people that care about him is listening i think there's always a chance to turn yourself around oh absolutely um, there's always a chance for you to oh, i don't yeah. want him to think that well, he's there and he could never uh turn things around and become a, a, a productive know, I, member of society I, I, I think that even people that uh you know come to a point like this earlier in their lives, don't have to hit rock bottom when they're adults either. Right. No, they, I, you know? I think that it's, so, it'll all be uphill. It's, 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 a, hard, it's a hard knock. It's it a is. hard knock. It is. It's, it's, it's a, a hard knock. It's a reoffending rate um, once they're put into the prison system. Um, you know, in the juvenile, they have hardly any return rate through the, you know, they're, they're rehabilitated, they're, they are rehabilitatable. Cooper was very rehabilitated. And it's an easier is. life than what he got sent to. Sometimes the, the Decker Lake, I think it was, you know, um, it was a lot more like high school. It wasn't uh, for some of the ch the kids, yeah. uh, the youth offenders. I don't think it was stern enough, but some of them, I think it was a perfect uh, place for them. And I think that yeah. the penal system, the state prison is always too harsh for that, anybody that, under that's, 18 that's too much. Yeah. that hasn't that hasn't gone through pu puberty yet you shouldn't he, he's you an shouldn't unsophisticated 16 year old and uh, he would be eaten alive there uh, the things that they would do to him there it, it would it would ruin him for for life i mean it would scar him for horribly we live in a prison society we have over two and a half million people in prison the, for males, it's almost 50% that they go back to prison. For women, it's just about 40%. Uh, this country makes a lot of money off of young people going to prison, and some people definitely deserve it. Absolutely. You know, I, I'm, uh, I, I believe in my heart that Cooper deserved a consequence. I believe that community service and six months in jail would have changed his life forever. Because 210 days, 180 days... Is a very long time. Oh, that's time. a long time for a young man. Yes. I mean, well, well, it's really hard for him when he knows that Josh is getting out. Josh has been on work release, and he's already getting out. It's very difficult for Cooper when Josh was the one that held a gun to somebody's head, and or to the ground anyway, not to his yeah, head. I'm sorry. He was, the, he was the enforcer is what he called himself well, in the discovery. And had had uh, Coop, uh, our son's involvement in... in, in Knowing these other boys that were involved, Wesley Brown, Tomek Perkins, Dexter Skinner, was through Josh, Josh Stutson. Josh is the only one that Cooper knew, with the exception. He knew uh, uh, Dex Dexter. Dexter, but he had met him only a couple of times. The other two boys, he didn't even know them. And Josh, Josh uh, Dutson's the one that had the same plea agreement as your yes. son. Yeah, 210 juvenile. days is what yes, he's he was doing. Yes, he was the other juvenile that mm -hmm. also was bound over to, to adult court. So a question that comes up with this whole uh, issue is the issue of uh, gun control. Now, I was I got out to Utah for the U.S. Air Force. I was an ammo troop in the 649th Munitions uh, flight. I, I was also uh, I studied. I went to military high school. I'm 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 very uh, into uh, weapons and, and 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 arms and things of that nature. But um, I also have a nine year old son, and I want to know how. Uh, we as parents, you know, make sure that the things that we have don't get into the hands well, of, wrong. of, of for, the wrong people. For one, the biggest thing I think that needs to be done is is education. Um, these kids need to know what, what kind harm. of what what kind of harm that these things can do. They need to be schooled about about weapons and about guns and about proper gun safety and handling. And they need to be locked. And then up. they need to, then the, then then the weapons need to be locked up and out of reach. But in case ever, if there was ever a thought to even touch one of those, they know how to properly deal with that weapon before they even touch it. You say both of you say, and I completely agree with. I believe you that Cooper was a good kid. 
that oh, he had ambition and goals and Very was much. humble and kind. Yeah. Do you feel in the back of your hearts and your minds that you have failed him as a parent, that you weren't in better participation with his peer group? Because I know that my yes. parents struggled with that. Yes, with me. well, uh, unfortunately, uh, this uh, this all came about really quick. Yeah, Cooper had, Cooper had a best friend named Carson that uh, that was... Uh, Neighbor. They were like heckle and jekyll for years. Uh, really best friends. And then uh, uh, Carson moved to uh, out west of Ogden at a town called Hooper about a month before this this happened. So Cooper he, had to find he, new friends. He, yeah, yeah he, he met up with Josh Dutson, uh, made friends with Josh Dutson. And, and, you know, there's no way to lay the blame on anyone but our son because he made a choice to go along with this. I, I've always told him, choose your friends wisely. What, what part do you think popular culture has to do with what happened um, with with the young huh. boys. Have you ever have you ever played the video game? What is that video? Grand game? Theft Auto. Yeah, about got that out. But yeah, <laughs> what do you do in Grand the- Grand Theft Auto? It's exactly what was played out. Well, I'm from I'm from Chicago. I was definitely uh, exposed to the gang culture, but I also had a group of friends, or it's always a group of friends that have you know two working parents. Um, all the opportunities in the world and no matter what their parents the values that their parents have instilled in them they still go gravitate towards those type of things whether it be a phase or whether it be a lifestyle for them they still no matter what their parents do they gravitate towards those sort of things I think every kid has the option to go in any direction and and you gotta keep them in a box of boundaries and I just you know got done talking to Mark like it wasn't even a few days before this I said now I, I'm seeing a little bit of changes in Cooper. We were, we I'm concerned. We were a little bit concerned. I'm yeah. concerned who he's hanging out with. Mark, who are these people? Are they coming around? Do you have you met them? And um, Unfor- I mean, I just no sooner they, said that, and then yeah, boom. Well, yeah. I, my my son's just getting to that age where he's nine and he's a he's a baby bird and I gotta let him go out there and make his own friends and and do his own thing. So I I definitely don't judge the parents when no. I see a, a kid doing some thing doing things. I don't I I definitely wanna don't wanna come out like yeah. you know I I, I I I blame parents for what the kids do. I, I know we are the primary influence, but as as a parent, when when do you have to you know say that you know I've I've given you that information i've given you that guidance <laughs> and now it's up to you to make well, the right you know, choices you know as well as i do we're going to be clear into our 30s before we we get done with that but if, um, if you start seeing changes in your kid or his grades start dropping it's a such call as for he help. looks stoned or he gets never yeah, being I, rude i've never noticed he, anything he was never though. disrespectful no, never, never or, or, or i mean he cooper's just not like that but but his grades started slipping mm-hmm. and me and mark had just went into a school a week a week and a half prior to this and tried you know met with the counselor and trying to get him on track again and making him do extra things to catch up or he'd gotten a little behind and we're trying to find out what's going on and and it's that bug man and right there i was catch that bug in high school yeah, around I, around the puberty first clue right there is when things start changing you know if, he, if they start slacking a little bit and and yeah. 16 girls start coming well, in the picture. I, I the rich kids start getting cars yeah. and, 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 and that competition, that, that uh, peeing competition starts with the young boys. It, it really does. It and, really and, does. and it's hard to, it's hard to make it out of there. Well, one, but one thing I think that we need to have to protect the kids is our, our, our servicemen and women in the judicial system yeah. and the police force and of things course. of that nature. And, and myself, I had a group of police officers that were security guards at our school and they knew us kids from the neighborhood and they would say hey Keith man I know you got good grades or I know you play on the basketball team I'm going to look out for you communication I'm, I'm going to look out for you yeah. Yeah. but I think now Here's, we yeah, yeah we all we all want to vilify these young men and women because of what we see on the internet they're hyper surveillance that we, we they, they videotape and picture they got pictures of each other at all times so we can see them at their best and at their worst I know in the 70s and 80s we the, the people were doing a lot of things, but it wasn't yeah. on camera. Yeah. Exactly, <laughs> we, we didn't want to go divulge all that information. It, it wasn't it wasn't on camera, so a lot of bad things were happening. But I think it's a lot of hype now behind what the kids are doing because you can see every last fall, every last you know bad word, every last yeah. fight they have on the internet, and, oh, it, yeah. and it makes them look like monsters. It's public knowledge now. <laughs> so when you're on, when I went to YouTube and was watching videos about your son, there's a lot of rude things that are being said sure. you know oh s- s- screw this kid throw him away throw him feed away him the wolves, yeah. let him go get 
up the, yeah, yeah. you know. Well, how, um, that doesn't, obviously that's not sitting well with you. Just, well, just no, yeah. I just wonder who raised those people. I mean, well, my gosh, who thinks like that? You know, I mean, I'm scared to death for my son. I'm scared to death he's going to be victimized. I'm scared to death of what this is going to do to him mentally. I'm, um, he's still, a, he's still an adolescent. I'm, I'm scared to death in a million ways for him. And I, I see the depression setting in. I see his fear. I see him disconnecting. Um, it's very scary. I, I, I hate it. I absolutely feel he's been failed. There was no reason to throw him away. Out of, I mean, he didn't have a record one. Never even been in trouble a day in his life. And I just. I'm baffled by all of it, you know? I just truly do you, am. Do you see this uh, starting a cause in you, a spark in you to, to oh, help absolutely. other mothers? Absolutely. Yes. That yeah. have, are there any Adventures. support groups for mothers uh, there. Or, or there are or parents that have been in, the, in this? Do you want to give them a, a shout-out on the radio there or something are, like there that? There are, and I, I will. And there's a lot of people going through a lot of things like this, and, and it's really hard to get the attention of, of people um, in the right direction, you know? Um, these, are they going to let him uh, get his GED uh, I while he's in prison I talked right to him the other day uh, there, and, and they're, they're contacting, in fact, somebody with the University of Utah to get packets for him to keep him on his curriculum level, level of where he was at um, and so he can do it through the summer well, because if, we don't want him getting any more behind. If he know? gets out in, in, you know, 30 months, I, you, you said, if he gets out in 30 months, do you think he'll be able to continue his high school education and go back, or would he be just get, be getting his GD, GED? He'd probably have to just do his GED. Yeah, he'll be 21 at that point. He yeah. can't yeah. go no. back to high school. I mean, he was planning to take some courses in the junior college class at Weber, Weber Tech for a machine, you know, to be a machinist. Well, I just want you two to know that, and I'm sure you do, there's been many felons throughout this world who have had beautiful lives afterwards, have been successful and yes. raised good families. They could, they, and they, I, I embrace this kid's championship, and I don't see why this deterrence, as horrific as it is now, it doesn't have to ruin his life. And I hope that he really knows that, that it's just time for him to be a man and Please. overcome well, these burdens, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. He, he knows he put himself in, in the wrong place, and he knows he's got to pay consequences for it. It's one thing we've always taught Cooper is, is you know, you got to pay for what you do um, in every way, shape, and form, you know. And you make the wrong choices, you, you have to pay consequences. Did we feel well. it would ever <coughs> be to this degree? No, we didn't. But So here at the University of Utah, we have a tremendous privilege to have some of the best educators in the world. We get great guests here at KU Internet Radio. Give me some advice on how to overcome struggles, to, to real heartache, because I think that's an important message for our listeners, is how do you overcome grief and sadness? This has been really hard for, for both Mark and I and everybody in our family and, and everybody friends close to us, all our friends. and People people across the nation have heard Cooper's story. In fact, across, you know, all the over the world, world has, has heard his story. And there is so much heartache and anger for that boy I mean it helps to have the support we have a lot of support from me and Mark have struggled at days to even pick ourselves up and go to work and holding back the tears has been the hardest thing and my emotions and I've been on edge I've been just I've lost accounts over all this Mark's lost work over it it's really hard to stay on an even tone and and balance out your life but you have to find faith. You have to find yeah. God. You, you need to pray a lot. I pray all the time. And I, I, I try and just turn my negativity that I did have into a positive to be there and be supportive for Cooper because I have to be strong for him. No, I, I don't want Cooper to become a, an abandoned adolescent that's thrown to the wolves and such a beautiful soul. Yeah, he really that, is. That will become destroyed and um, will be will become part of a, a terrible, terrible world. Um, this boy had a lot to offer this world, uh, not to mention myself, friends, family, everyone that he came in contact with. Uh, uh, Cooper was a, a good person to have in their lives. Now, I don't want this to destroy him mentally, emotionally, physically. Uh, my hope and my prayer is that, that uh, somehow he will get past this he will learn from it experience 
and grow and grow from it but at the same time not be victimized and destroyed if any of you have advice for cooper you can find uh, cooper van Heusen on facebook and there's information to write him i will definitely write him a letter i would yeah. i will take my time and Thank uh, you. Give it any wisdom well, I have to him. It, it, I write him is, every day. It is. It's, it comes from, um, there's people all over the country that write him. Um, two, two gentlemen from Boston, uh, from yeah. Texas, and all, 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 of, all, all of their, their letters are of uh, positive. <clears throat> positive, keep your chin up, you know, life will be good for you. You're well loved. Um, our pleasure with you. Stay strong, my my boy. Yeah. And specifically, it's specifically, it's help support Co Cooper Van Heusen. Cooper Van Heusen, P.O. Box 579, 590 South Sheriff's Way, Manita, Utah, Manila, Utah, 84046. That's help support Cooper Van Heusen. And Van Heusen is spelled V-A-N-H-U-I-Z-E-N. Yes. That, that is correct. And, and on the address there, it's... Just the P.O. box, not the the five, not the sheriff way. That's they. That's their street address. So correction: P.O. box five seven nine, Manila, Utah, eight four zero four six. Okay, Cooper that Van works. Heusen. And uh, you know, I I know he's under the good care of a wonderful man. I'm gonna say something about him, uh, Sheriff Jerry Jorgensen in uh, in Manila, who is the uh, uh, the sheriff that watches over the. Uh, uh, the County. jail, the Daggett County Jail. Uh, I did actually meet with him last uh, last Saturday, and he he let me know that he'll be watching over Coop to make sure that he is healthy and safe, and uh, whatever Cooper might need medically, um, he'll be there to watch over him and take care of him. Well, Which I hope this nightmare ends for your family. I I do. I hope it does too. It's made us all stronger. Um, it, it's brought a lot of people together that I uh, probably would not have had it not been for this. Shows um, you a whole new line oh of yeah, people yeah, on a I, different side. I, I didn't know there was that many people out there that cared anymore. I know, and I, I, it's really amazing. I went into the I went into the Harley shop to buy some oil there in Ogden, and and uh, the guy in parts looked at me and said, "Well, hi Mark, how you doing? What what can I get for you today?" never seen this guy in my life but uh, you know he's read Cooper's story and he understands I was in another location today and a, a young lady says you're Cooper's father I've seen you on TV that 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 story of your boy just breaks my heart so and even even another one I uh, was riding through Wyoming uh, the first of the week and I was going a little bit too fast but uh, a police officer pulled me over and asked me where I was coming from and What's what I was rush? doing there and I mentioned to him about my son that uh, uh, was being held in in the Daggett County Jail and that officer who was a Wyoming State uh, Highway Patrolman knew the story actually took his hat off you could see tears in his eyes and that was right before he wrote me the ticket but uh, you know this this young boy's his story has been been heard there's a lot of wrong things that, that went wrong in all this that should have been addressed and never was you know, I to think, the court's attention. I think if I, if I was a judge and I, I would tune out the prosecutor, I would tune out the defense attorney, and I would lay my focus on that 16-year-old boy, I would probably take him into my chambers and speak with him for a couple hours to, to deter determine where his mindset is and why he's involved in this type of situation and I probably would have discussed with him his involvement the, 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 the options that we have we've got jail time which is recommended by by probation and by APNP and uh, here you've got a good chance of going to to prison let's let's discuss this let's I want to see what kind of what kind of young man you are and then I would have probably maybe taken some time and thought about it really thought it through before i came up with a decision the, the deal was is that none of this was ever fought by either defense attorney that we had to begin with no. No, nothing was ever questioned nothing was ever i mean they never discussed anything immediately the second attorney he went right in and said oh we're going to work out an arrangement with the prosecution we'll come to a conclusion on this so nothing was ever argued nothing was ever 
made clear that Cooper didn't do this yeah. or that or he wasn't involved. You know, that was never even a factor in the judge's mind because nobody ever put that in his mind. They all the, he only had to go by with what the defense was or the prosecution was saying. Our attorney never even argued to the fact that about these six other robberies and and oh that should have that should have that that shouldn't even have been well, an acceptable sh that he should have the, the defense attorney should have put a stop to that immediately and said um, your honor, there's, your honor there's, there's there's nothing in the discovery to implicate Mr. Van Heusen in these uh, the planning of these six other robberies and that should have been the end of that in fact um, Dexter or Wesley Brown he was just sentenced and he also had new charges that was brought up against him that was filed um, of these other robberies I guess that he and the others had planned um, that he actually committed a robbery before so he, he took, had, before he before he took my son to this one he he had four charges that day and he got one to 15 yeah, he got a one to 15 he's the only one other than my son that's been sentenced to prison and he did have new charges uh, uh, yeah, he had a, a, a previous robbery charge. And a previous record. Well, I have to wrap up this hour for recording reasons. You're welcome to come back in after the break, but if we don't see you, we will keep in touch. Anything that you yeah. have going on, we will advertise in terms of marches, in terms of where we can get monies to you all. Um, yeah. Updates on uh, Cooper when he gets help, out, help we'll get with, him in. Absolutely. Yeah. Help, help with... Uh, Help Liz out. She's she's not uh, really pushing the uh, monetary thing, but you know this woman is working really hard, and I'm so grateful for what she's doing. I wished I could uh, have these two other attorneys that we had give what I paid them to her to do their to do the job that they should have done. I lived in. China or even Russia or any totalitarian country. Maybe I could understand some of these illegal injunctions. Maybe I could understand the denial of certain basic First Amendment privileges because they have committed themselves to that over that. But somewhere I read of the freedom of assembly. Somewhere I read of the freedom of speech, somewhere I read, of the freedom of press, somewhere I read that the greatness of America is the right to protest far right. And so just as I say we aren't going to let any dogs or water hoses turn us around, we aren't going to let any injunction turn us around.